Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Happy anniversary, Taliban Joe. Yeah, it's been a full year since President Joseph Robinette Biden screwed the pooch in, of course, the most embarrassing foreign policy catastrophe I've ever seen in my entire life. You'll see in just a minute, Joe's selfish and dangerous decisions destroyed the entire country of Afghanistan and a significant portion of America's reputation around the world along with it. And lest we forget Joe's leftist sycophants who have been working nonstop the past year to cover all of that up. So I created the Taliban Joe merch line. Yes, you can remind the world that the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan chose Joe Biden as their person of the year. Yes, with a t-shirt, mug, or sticker. Just head over to stewdoesmerch.com, pick your favorite item. If you enter the promo code stew10, you'll get 10% off your entire order too, much like the 10% of Afghanistan that's still standing after Biden the whole place up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's 0% standing, but you'll get 10% off at stewdoesmerch.com with the promo code STU10. Way to go, Taliban Joe. Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. The promo code is Stu to save 10 bucks. If you're watching on YouTube, it's free. So why not just click like, like right now? Just click like on YouTube or comment below. Zuby is going to join us today with his brand new children's book. Uh, John Fetterman, the guy running for Senate in Pennsylvania, proves he doesn't have to take, uh, doesn't really have to do anything to seemingly lead in this race. He looks like a walking corpse at this point. But we start by doing Afghanistan one year later. You know, there's this thing, this game people play on the Twitters, which is you kind of give a couple of news stories, and you say how it started and how's it going. Our friend Drew Holden had a version of this that was up earlier today. How's it, how did it start? Biden officials place hope in Taliban's desire for legitimacy and money. How's it going? Schools and jobs are again restricted for women. Music has been banned. Beards are mandatory for men. A year into Taliban rule, Afghanistan has seemed to hurdle backward in time. I don't know about you, but I'm very surprised about this outcome. Now, it's interesting because we kind of think of the Biden administration as a nonstop series of calamities, and that's pretty much accurate. I will say, potentially the worst one was Afghanistan. Now, it didn't affect maybe the most people. Uh, I think maybe in polls, uh, inflation has hurt more. But if you look at his polls, Axios has this, the fall of Kabul seemed to uh, really line up with the fall of particularly among independents and overall with the approval ratings of, uh, of uh, overall of uh, the population when it comes to Joe Biden. The Democrats held out for a few weeks and said, no, it can't really be this bad. And then they said, oh my God, it really is. And then it tanked even further for them. I mean, this, this fall is now at 38% from up near 60%, but a good chunk of it happened right around this time, right around Afghanistan uh, falling apart. And it, it makes sense. Now, of course, the administration is going to try to do everything they can to make you forget about this. In fact, they have a new memo out 
this is a memo to circulating uh, that they're circulating to defend the U.S. withdrawal. I have uh, a copy of the memo here. And it's as embarrassing and terrible. I'll spare you the details. It's as bad as you could possibly imagine uh, that it is. It's just, you know, a nonstop defense. A lot of stuff you've heard before about an indefensible moment, an indefensible moment in American history. Now, the Republicans know this. They remember it. They also know they're a few months away from an election. So they want to highlight this event as much as possible. They don't want to run from it. They want you to remember it. And you should. They have uh, released a scathing report criticizing Biden's Afghanistan withdrawal. Some pieces of it. The House Foreign Affairs Committee Republicans report, which is being published around one year after the country's capital fell to the Taliban, reveals additional new details about the Biden administration's failure to adequately plan for and execute the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. And I think because it was a year ago, And more than that, more than it being a year ago, because we didn't have trouble connecting with September 11th, 2002. We didn't we didn't. That wasn't a tough time to connect with September 11th. It's just that there has been so many other disasters since then. So much has gone wrong. This one thing tends to get lost, but it shouldn't get lost. You should remember exactly what happened. You should remember that this administration bungled this operation more than any other has ever done it. And that includes Jimmy Carter. Let me bring you back to that uh, around this time, uh, back in 2021. Here is a the, the scene as they passed the baby over the barbed wire to try to save the baby's life to a U.S. military member. These people were so desperate to get out of this place, knowing that exactly what has happened was coming, that they would give up their own children to U.S. military members, supposedly the evil Americans, to take care of them. How about the idea that So many wanted to get out of this country. So many knew that they were in trouble. So many knew what the future held. So many listened uh, and and were experiencing the words of the Taliban and what they were promising to do and what they had done in the past, that they tried to hold on to airplanes as they took off. People gathering below airplanes and grabbing on. We now, of course, know how ugly these scenes would get. Incredible to think that this actually occurred. People thinking it's a better idea to stand on a wing as a plane is taking off rather than stand in the country and reap the benefits of the Biden administration's calamity in Afghanistan. Now, we know that people wound up falling off the planes. We know uh, all the damage that went down in the withdrawal itself. And then we got this pathetic group of responses from the administration. Nobody taking responsibility. Here is Biden talking about how it just happened faster than we thought. I stand squarely behind my decision. Hmm. After 20 years, I've learned the hard way that there was never a good time to withdraw U.S. forces. That's why we're still there. We were clear-eyed about the risks. We plan for every contingency, but did you? I always promise the American people that I will be straight with you. Mm. The truth is, truth is, this did unfold more quickly <laughs> than we had anticipated. <laughs> yeah. You see, when you plan for every contingency, you have a plan for if it unravels quicker than you expected. 
and they did not have that plan, or at least that plan was absolutely terrible. Do you remember when Biden got mad at all of us for bringing up things from four or five days ago? We've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? What I thought was we have to gain control of this. We have to move this more quickly. We have to move in a way in which we can take control of that airport. And we did. That was four or five days ago. Well, the president's going to get really pissed at this show tonight because I want to look back at the last 365 days because I think those are important, too. And let's look now at what has happened in the past year since we left. Has it been a good outcome? Was this move uh, helpful to the people of Afghanistan or was it hurtful? Let's look through some of the details of the past year. Violence, hunger and fear. Afghanistan under the Taliban. After the collapse of the U.S.-backed administration, the Taliban introduced policies that form a system of repression that discriminates against women and girls in almost every aspect of their lives, according to a recent report from Amnesty International that said, quote, the suffocating crackdown against Afghanistan's female population is increasing Day by day, with food prices on the rise because of the war in Ukraine and a shift in international focus towards Eastern Europe, almost 20 million people or half the country's population are experiencing high and critical levels of acute food insecurity, said the United Nations uh, and other aid agencies as they warned in June. Sounds great, right? Really helpful. We did a really good job with a lot of those people who helped us fight terrorism uh, against people who were their countrymen in many cases. Some of them we were able to get out. Some of the Americans we were able to get out, but many of them still remain. They believe still hundreds of thousands of Afghans that helped us are still there. And still there are Americans in country. Start Here is a podcast done by ABC News. They sent their chief uh, foreign affairs correspondent into Afghanistan to try to figure out what was uh, going on. How is it going for... Is it is it is every night a ladies night now in Afghanistan? Because that's what the Taliban was pretty much promising at the beginning. How did that all turn out? We've seen protests over last weekend. There were protests out on the street. Small group of women calling for bread and freedom. And the response to the Taliban was brutality. Opening fire with AK-47s firing over the head of the crowd and some of the women were beaten. That is the reality of the new Afghanistan. That is the reality for women here. They're not just treated as second-class citizens. They're almost treated like non-citizens. Mm, non-citizens. What a, what a wonderful life. Well, at least there's plenty to eat. You know, you can go around to any restaurant that you want and have a delicious meal of whatever bizarre food they're probably eating. No, no, it's not quite that great as they found out when they went back to Afghanistan. Poverty is over 90%, food insecurity over 90%, unemployment's predicted to reach 40%. And what that means is that hunger is stalking this land. There are some parts of this country that dipped into famine a little earlier this year, and there are so many people who are living near starvation. So you can't protest, you can't have a voice, Women are being beaten in the streets. There's no food. There's no jobs. There's no money. What's next? Well, how about education? You at least get a good education, right? That's what they promised. That was high on the list of promises as we were leaving. 
And we were told, and you know what, maybe it's time we believe them. Maybe the Taliban has been reformed. This exchange is utterly amazing because Ian Panel, who was, was the guy from ABC who was over there, actually talked to a Taliban spokesperson and had a conversation about what he found. Secret schools. Schools that were open to have girls be taught basic education. Um, and the, the government won't do it. They don't want girls to be taught anything. Uh, of course, they're trying to lie about this. And he straight out to their faces calls them out on their lies. Listen. He's a foreign ministry spokesman. And we put a lot of these questions to them. Why have you made education a crime? Education is not a crime. They deny that women are, uh, are denied their basic rights. I mean, frankly, it's balderdash. Uh, you know, the, the, there are teachers out there, but they're afraid to go to work because the Taliban discourages them from doing so. I said, you know, what about the secret schools? He actually said to me, but I will stress that there's no such thing as secret schools. And I understand. I, I've been to them. <laughs> the government is, I've, seen, I've seen them with my own eyes. The, the government, all governments operate on a level where they know what happens in their society. <laughs> uh, there are no such thing as secret schools. I've been to them. I've seen them with my own eyes. Uh, yeah, but the all governments operate on a level where they know what happens in their society? I, that didn't answer the question at all. I will say, though, the people on the left who are backing Joe Biden and love the approach will find some charm in the new Taliban regime, because, as you know, here in the United States, we're basically the handmaid's tale, right? Like we're just imprisoning women, forcing them to constantly reproduce. They can't even get their fancy abortions. Well, Afghanistan and the Taliban are were made aware of our situation here and they want to promise you and this might be the solution to all of our problems. Ladies of America, if you can't get an abortion here in the States, you can go directly to Afghanistan. Don't worry. What they say is don't ask us to live by your rules. Uh, for example, the United States recently, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court passed a law uh, uh, banning abortions. We disagree with that uh, from a religious perspective. He quoted the U.S. Supreme Court and said, look, you have your own restrictions in the United States. These are things that are against our religion. We don't have those restrictions here. We don't tell you how to live your life. Don't tell us how to live ours. See, you can still abort your child in Afghanistan. So that's great news. And that's their defense out of, as of what a wonderful culture they really are. It's interesting who people are aligned with when you think about it. What's one thing that has been missing from this show so far? No, there's been pitches for uh, StuDoesMerch.com and the uh, Taliban Joe merch. That's not missing. I mean, it's 210. It's 10% off. What has been missing from this monologue? I haven't given you any conservative figures. No conservatives talking about how bad it is in Afghanistan. No websites, no commentary, no talk show hosts, no podcasters, nothing. None, no conservatives saying how bad it is other than just mentioning briefly the new Republican report that came out. Why? Because I don't need to. I don't need to find people who are on the conservative side to point this out. I've given you a million mainstream media sources here that are saying all the things that we all know to be true. But it's one thing to lose the mainstream media. It's another thing to lose John freaking Oliver. If you've lost John Oliver as a Democrat, you are way off the reservation. 
Listen to this. It's still shocking just how bad it was. In terms of things not going the way that you thought, our exit was the foreign policy equivalent of putting a cake in the oven and then 40 minutes later taking out a live rat dressed as Hitler. <laughs> it's not just a up, it's a mind-blowing up that'll take years to fully comprehend. It will take years to fully comprehend. Years and years, and we, it's gonna be a long time before we ever really know how damaging this was to us, because it's not gonna just ripple through what happened to the people in Afghanistan. It hits our national profile, it hits our national strength, it hits our role in the world, it hits our allies. Who would have, who would have confidence in us after this? We're only one year away from this event. John Oliver goes on in that monologue to show highlights from Afghanistan like this. Des desperate Afghans sell kidneys amid poverty and starvation. Parents selling children shows desperation in Afghanistan. It is that bad. When you've lost John Oliver, I don't even know what to tell you. Look, the truth is that the withdrawal from Afghanistan is probably the single most cataclysmic foreign policy debacle in modern American history. A lot has happened since then. In Afghanistan, the entire country has gone down the tubes. In America, we had crisis after crisis after crisis. The economy crumbling under the weight of inflation, the entrance to a recession, COVID, the border spiraling out of control, and on and on and on and on and on. We even have former president's homes being raided under highly suspicious circumstances. But just because we have a lot of stuff to focus on here at home doesn't mean that we should let this week go by. The anniversary of one of the greatest failures in American history. Some will look at Biden and say, he has really screwed up America. But that's not fair. He screwed up a lot more than that. Imagine having one extra day every week, more time to cook healthy meals. That's what I would do with my extra time. Work on that novel. I'm right around the corner from that. Or, bin okay, I would just binge some TV. Um, it's all possible with ClickUp. It's a productivity platform that will save you one day a week on work guaranteed. ClickUp began with the premise that productivity was broken. And I don't know about you. If, I know in this show, I feel this way a lot. We have 9 million apps and things in all different places and trying to have schedules and ways to communicate and documents and spreadsheets and all that crap. There's just too many tools to keep track of, too many things in entirely separate ecosystems. Is there a way to get more productive, to, to kind of move all of it together so you can understand it in one place? ClickUp is the one tool to house all your tasks, projects, docs, goals, spreadsheets, and more. It's built for teams from one to a thousand. Whether you're in project management, engineering, sales, marketing, or HR, ClickUp has easy-to-use solutions that create a more in, uh, efficient work environment. They have over 800,000 highly productive teams already using ClickUp. Become one of them. Use code STU to get 15% off ClickUp's massive unlimited plan for a year, meaning you can start reclaiming your time for under five bucks a month. Sign up today at clickup.com and use the code STU. Clickup.com. Code is STU. The offer ends soon, so hurry up. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. 
Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I'm happy to welcome Zuby to the studio. He is the host of Real Talk with Zuby and author of the new children's book, The Candy Calamity, which you can pick up today wherever you get your books. Zuby, how's it going? I'm doing great, man. How we're are you? We were talking before the show. You've never actually been on this show. We've done other shows together, but never the show. So welcome. We, we appreciate you doing hey, this. It's an honor, man. Happy to be on here. Yeah. Uh, you got a new book out. It's called The Candy Calamity. Got it right here. Yep. Now, uh, we talked about this series of books before. Brave Books um, has done a great series. We, you know, we talked with Dana Lash about hers, and there's been a bunch of really good ones. And they kind of all focus on... I don't know. I don't know what the way, way to categorize it is. I, it's not exactly conservative principles. It's like, you know, on a personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. the right way to think about these? Yeah. I mean, I think some of them have a certainly have a more directly political lean or slant sure. to them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, aimed at you know not not about hyper partisan politics, but in a way that mm-hmm. younger children can understand the principles and ideas. Uh, with mine in particular, I did explicitly want it to be totally apolitical. Yeah, yeah. Right? So the Candy Calamity is just about health, fitness, nutrition, taking care of your body, the importance of exercise, the importance of exercising self-control. Um, and I didn't want it to be a left or right-leaning book, yeah. just a book that has a positive and helpful and I think necessary message for young people. Because we're in that period where, you know, fat pride and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you're supposed to, however you are, is perfect. There's that stupid song that I think about every once in a while that says, uh, every inch of you is perfect no matter who you are or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you know? Yeah. If per everybody, every inch of everybody is perfect, mm-hmm. I got to say, the word means nothing. And it's extra crazy if you look at the past two and a half years we've been living through. Right? <laughs> after, after age, which people don't have control of. Mm-hmm. What is the second biggest risk factor for the virus that we've been dealing with when it comes to hospitalization and death? Yeah. Obesity, mm-hmm. right? And that's uncomfortable for some people to hear or to accept, but it's simply a fact. Mm-hmm. I think it's between 75 and 80% of people who were hospitalized fell into that category. Yeah. And that should be a wake-up call, but instead we're running in the silly direction as a society saying you can be healthy at any size, which is a complete lie. That's not true. It's completely false. You can be healthy at any size. You know, it's not just about aesthetics. It's about health. Mm-hmm. I think people get stuck on the aesthetic thing, right? People get stuck on the what is attractive and what are the societal standards for beauty and so on. It's like, what about health? What about objective physical health? If you are obese, you are putting yourself at risk of diabetes, certain types of cancers, all types of metabolic issues, heart attacks, strokes. There are all sorts of downstream problems which are exacerbated by that, right? Mm -hmm. If we're being real, there's a reason why you don't see obese 80 and 90-year-olds walking about, Mm -hmm. right? Because they don't make it that long. And that, you know, as someone who genuinely loves humanity, not in like a, not not in this cheesy virtue signaling kind of way, but someone who genuinely wants people to do the best and be the best that they can be and to fulfill their potential for themselves, for their families, for society as a whole, health is such a core and important part of that. And that's just been abandoned for so many decades at the point at this point. And I think that your country, I think that my country, all of these Western countries are now bearing the brunt of it. And people are still sticking their head in the sand and acting like it's not important. Childhood obesity didn't used to exist. It didn't really, it didn't used to exist. This is a relatively new phenomenon. 
Um, and now I think somewhere between 15 and 20 percent of children now are falling into the obese range and it's trending upwards. I went to the mall last week. It's higher than that. It's yeah. gotta be, it's it, 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 it's it's be higher than that. Yeah, I mean, this is obesity. This, <laughs> yeah, isn't, this right? isn't just no, overweight. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's not just overweight, that's yeah. obese. I mean, that's a BMI over, over 30. What causes that? I mean, because I know as a kid, uh, it was, I felt like I could eat anything I wanted. Mm-hmm. And because I was constantly moving around, played lots of sports, constantly doing things. As you get older, unless you really focus on it, you, that will go away, and all of a sudden that same food intake, food intake and some of the, the glorious things you get to engage in as you get older uh, wind up you know, throwing that equation out of whack. Yeah. But for kids, I mean, is it screen time? Is it, what's the cause of all of this? Sure, it's, it's diet, it's lifestyle, and it's exercise habits or lack of, which I guess could also fall into lifestyle. It's, yeah. it's diet and it's lifestyle. Now, there are all, re- there are all sorts of reasons for that, of course, there's been a rise in technology. There's been a decrease in physical education and mm-hmm. physical education standards in many places. Um, of the food itself, there are all sorts of additives and chemicals and seed oils and things in the food that are not, you know, especially in processed foods, mm-hmm. that are not healthy. Overall, I mean, the, the real summary is people are eating too much and not moving enough. That's really what yeah. the summary of it is. And there's, <laughs> it there's is man- a basic formula. Yeah, there's many reasons for that yeah, yeah. and explanations for it. But that's really, really what it comes down to. What, what do you, because I mean, as you mentioned, you're, you're, you live in the UK. You're not, you're not, you don't really deal with the American politics all that much. Your approach to this is, uh, you know, just looking at the, the basic facts here. Sure. Um, and, you know, while it's not a political issue here, it has become sort of like an issue of like wokeism, right? Mm-hmm. There's this focus that everything is perfect, everything's okay. It, and it, you can almost see a germane of good intent at the beginning yes. of it, right? Where you say, it's mean to say someone is overweight, mm. to say they're fat. You can, you can remember back to your childhood, the overweight kid mm-hmm. would get made fun of. I've it. been there. We all remember that, right? I've been there, yeah. Here's an interesting one. People don't know this. Here's a fun fact for people. Mm. I weigh less now than I did 20 years ago. Really? Yeah. I'm about to be 36. I weigh less now than I did when I was 16. Mm. So I'm not someone who's coming from this perspective as like, oh, you know, I wasn't a kid who could eat whatever I want, right. wanted and stay in shape or whatever, but I've been on this journey and now people look at me, oh, you know, you've got such great genetics or what if it's like, bro, I've been training consistently for 20 years. Mm. So yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah. that's the genetics. Yeah, it wasn't just something I snapped my fingers. And so, and anyone can make a difference. We all know this. We all know people who have been very, very overweight and they've lost very significant amount of weight, completely changed the way they look, the way they feel, their energy. It can be done, but it takes personal responsibility. And this is what it comes down to. And this is why it becomes political. Because personal responsibility is not something that really should be politicized as far as I'm concerned. But Mm. you have people with these alternate worldviews where they essentially deny that. And they think that everything is based around the systems and society and the institutions and this and that. So if there is, a, and you know, there's a kernel of truth to it, which is why it's appealing to people. Mm-hmm. And it's also appealing because if not, it's not your fault, then you can always blame some yeah. outside thing. It's harder it's to appealing. just go, you know what? I eat too much and I don't move enough and let me do something about it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much easier to say, oh, well, it's because of this person or that person or that or that, or actually your, your standards are just wrong, Yeah, right? Your standards are just wrong. I'm actually healthy. I'm actually beautiful. I'm actually perfect. And if you don't agree, it's because you're a fat phobe or you're some type of bigot right. or something like that. And ultimately, it's not helpful. As I say, you can, you can deny reality, but you can't deny the consequences of denying reality. Mm. Um, in the book, uh, Bongo, 
likes mm. candy. I yeah. feel a little seen, uh, honestly, <laughs> reading Bongo's story. I, you know, and that, I feel like that's a good thing. I will say, you know, going through, particularly COVID, we mm-hmm. mentioned it earlier, especially that first year. My That first year was a disaster for me. I mean, I just, like, I ate, like, you know, the world was ending because it yeah. felt like the world was ending. Mm. So I was like, why not go to, you know, fast food restaurants every single day? Um, and it... it I think that happened to a lot of people. A lot of people. There's sort of that sort of standard joke of like people started drinking more. They started eating too much. They didn't exercise Mm -hmm. anymore. The gyms were all closed. All in the name of health. Yeah, all in the name of health, of course. Uh, (laughs) So we made everybody else vulnerable to this virus. How much damage did that do to people? A lot. A lot. I think physically, mentally, emotionally. I mean, I I was very vocally anti-lockdown and anti for and anti it being mandatory from the beginning, mm-hmm. right? I've, I've really opposed all the mandatory measures because I could see down the line what this would cause. Number one, I never believed that it would just be for two weeks. Right, yeah, right? Yeah, I yeah. didn't believe that. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I was taking a lot of heat in 2020 and 2021 for a lot of the things I was saying and what these downstream impacts would be, but it's just the reality. You can't just stop the world. You can't just stop the economy, stop the society, force people in their houses, take kids out of school for a year and, and so on and think that there's not, force everyone to cover their faces and thinks there's not gonna be some real consequences to that. And the longer it goes on for, the more that those things compound and the longer the, I, mean, I think we're gonna be paying the price for these measures for more than the next decade. Um, I, I, I don't think this is not, people have been changed. It, it's altered a significant chunk of people's behavior. You've still got people afraid of the air, right? To the, right now, August 2022, there's people who are still shaken up and still afraid to go out and interact and just live normally in the way that they used to in 2018 or 2019. And there's no clear end in sight for people like that, because even when they drop the recommendations and they drop the like people still keep going and they keep going and they're still attacking and shaming people. And there's still mandates in place and they're there, there's all sorts of stuff going on. And then I think in terms of physical fitness, because that wasn't really talked about. That's one of the weirdest things is that we've supposedly had this health crisis for the past two and a half years. And there's been very little conversation about health and what you can do to make yourself in better shape, what you can do to physically boost your own immune system and your overall health. All of these things that we individually have control of, it's just all been about pharmaceuticals and policies and bills and mandates. And yeah. they look through this very political and pharmaceutical lens whereas health is very much holistic. I know you've done Joe Rogan's uh, show before, mm. and, I, and I remember him saying something to this effect of like, maybe we focused on just getting into shape. Yeah. You know, the, the risk will be low enough that we wouldn't have to worry about these things. And it really is fascinating that ne- never was a push. No. I, mean, I, I don't know if it's just, it was just like they were just admitting Americans are never going to do this. I mean, it's just not going to happen. I don't know, Man. maybe we shouldn't try. I, that's a sad statement, but I, I'm not I, The thing is, it wasn't just the USA. Um, I actually went to eight different countries during 2020 and 2021, and the messaging was pretty similar across the board in all of these different and disparate countries. It was all simply stay home, stand six feet apart, wear a mask, take your shot, take your booster and wash your hands. And that was it. It wasn't, you know, supplement with vitamin D and C and zinc. Make sure you're getting enough sunlight, get your body weight down and maintain it Mm. at, uh, at a healthy weight. Make sure you're drinking enough water, getting enough sleep. You know, you haven't even talked about possible early treatment drugs and so on. That's not my area of expertise. But as someone who's interested in health and has been for a long time, there's some very basic things you can do. Of course, nothing is perfect, right? Um, But there are many things that you can do that are more effective than putting a surgical mask over your face when you go out outside if you genuinely want to take care of your own health and 
by that note, protect other people. And this is really important in a country like the UK, where you actually do have, uh, you have socialized medicine. Yeah. Right? So in the USA, the system is different and so on. So it's not as... The, the way people impact each other is, is not as clear and direct. But mm -hmm. if you're going to have socialized medicine um, and something like the NHS and you genuinely want to protect the NHS, as they kept on saying in the UK, then you should address you should address these things. You should you should talk about them and not be so afraid of being called a fat phobe or having a few dweebs on Twitter say, you know, that you're body shaming them or whatever, which you're not. Um, and just talk about, yeah, you know, get out there, do some exercise, get some fresh air, get some sunlight, do all of these things. And actually that will help to reduce your risk, not just of this one, not just of this one virus, right. but of all the other things out there that could potentially harm you. Yeah, heart um, disease is still the number one killer. Absolutely. And was all through the pandemic. Always was. Yeah. Always was. It really is amazing. And people just don't talk about it enough. No. I think it's because it's hard. And people don't like hard things. They like no, easy things. No, but we have, to, we have to deal with it. Western society needs to take some of these things on head on. The, these conversations like we're having, these conversations should be happening in the halls of parliament and in Congress mm. and on mainstream media and everywhere. It shouldn't just be this very uh, safe and sanitized version of, oh, we need to make sure that we don't possibly potentially step on anyone's toe. It's like sometimes you just have to be honest yeah. and be real and let people discuss and be open with it. And I also think that that's what's actually compassionate because we live in this age of false compassion hmm. where what is considered compassionate is just dodging the truth, yeah. right? Just yes. dodging the truth. Oh, so and true. that's what's considered compassionate. And yeah. I'm like, no, you need to, you need to tackle some things head on. You can do it in a way that is not uh, aiming to attack individuals or to shame people or any of that, right? Let alone to, to bully people. I'm not saying that. But you can address these things in a considered way, which is honest and open and clear and direct mm. and also compassionate. Mm. We don't need to be treating adults like they're toddlers. We've had this infantilization of society where really we're, talk we're treating grown adults as if they're little babies, and that is, it also leads to tyranny. Yeah. Because that's, you know, you, you, you don't give, like you don't give, you don't, yeah, you yeah. don't give yeah. two and three year olds free reign because, you know, you don't trust that they're not going to go out there and harm themselves <laughs> right. if you give them freedom and liberty. And that's really how this, the, the government has been treating citizens across the world, hmm. treating us like not just like children, but like babies. No, you, you can't go outside, you can't see your friends, you can't do this, put this on your face, stand here. They put arrows on the ground yeah. and circles. Stand here, walk in this direction. Um, no, you're not allowed to buy products from this part of the... No science, no, no logic, no rationale, just tre treating people like babies. I was in an office today and they had the two cups of the clean pens and the dirty pens. Oh, yeah. Because someone used them, you have to put it. It's like, that has been disproven <laughs> for like two years and it's still happening. All right, uh, Zubi, I talked to you all day. This is great yeah. stuff. Uh, now, he mentioned treating you like kids. Well, if you are an actual kid or you have a kid, <laughs> this book is a great way to uh, help walk them through this if they don't think about uh, maybe eating healthy and exercising and all those really important things. It's called The Candy Calamity. You can grab it yourself today. And you also have a book out about fitness for adults, too. I do, yeah. yeah it's called, where do people get that? Uh, sure, that's available at teamzuby.com. Teamzuby.com. Z-U-B-Y. And um, that book is called Strong Advice, Zuby's Guide to Fitness for Everybody. It's uh, helped thousands of people across yeah. the world. It's been sold now in over 65 different countries. Helped a lot of people to get in shape. So you can check that out. And Candy Calamity is available at bravebooks.com. Yeah, pick them both up. Thanks so much, Zuby. Really appreciate, appreciate it. Thanks, appreciate it, man.
Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. No, I mentioned uh, earlier, I have to get back to this, this anniversary for a second, because they, they, the, the Democrats have put out this memo that is, hey, people, you know, Republicans are going to say bad things about us, but we want you to know that we did everything right. It's that whole thing. I mean, remember Jen Psaki, I, we, didn't, we didn't play this clip. Jen Psaki came out and she said there was no way to imagine it going better. There's, you can't even, no, let alone do it. You can't even imagine it going better. Uh, so they have a fact check at the end of this, which is just comical. Oh my God, I could, we could do the entire show just on this fact check. Um, claim, we could have kept 2,500 troops in Afghanistan and that would have been sufficient. And then they quote Chairman Millian, Secretary Austin, who are saying that you couldn't do that. The two people who admitted that they screwed up the whole thing and didn't see any of this coming, they're the source to tell you that they couldn't do this one thing that everybody else seems to think that they could have done. Okay, stalemate might have made a little bit more sense there. 2,500 troops at Bagram seems to make plenty of sense. Um, We are less safe today because of the withdrawal because Al-Qaeda has reconstituted Afghanistan has become a terrorist haven. In reality, they say they have not reconstituted their presence. Really? I mean, does it honestly, does it matter who's killing people if it's Al-Qaeda or if it's the Taliban? Do we really care? The Biden administration was not prepared for the speed of Taliban uh, retaking Kabul and evacuation. Um, That claim was made by Joe Biden. We played the clip for you during this show where he said it happened faster than they realized it was going to happen. And then they blame Donald Trump and say, well, he already had a plan in place to do something that was similar. Of course, you know, Trump has an argument pushing back against that. But regardless whether he does or not, this is a guy you said was basically Hitler. You're you're now quoting him as the source for this wonderful thing that you did. And then it also goes into America has less credibility on the world stage because of the Afghanistan withdrawals and our adversaries are emboldened. That's the claim. The reality, President Biden has rebuilt our alliances and restored our credibility on the world stage after four years of former President Trump's presidency damaged America's reputation and left us increasingly isolated internationally and from our allies and partners. Look no further than our response to Russia's war on Ukraine and how Biden has rallied the world to hold Russia accountable. Guys, that's not going well. You, you guys, have you followed the news at all? You know that like hundreds of thousands of people in Ukraine are dead. They've taken over a third of the country. Have you been following this at all? It's been in the news frequently. And by the way, we have sent more money than the entire annual budget of the Russian military to Ukraine for that result. And you're bragging about it. This is as good a time as any to remind you to go to Taliban Joe merch or whatever it is, stewdoesmerch.com. And uh, t- I think it's Taliban Joe Merch. I don't even know. But StuDoesMerch.com. Use the promo code Stu10 while you're there. We have, a, I think, a great T-shirt. I think there's a postcard. There is the mug as well. And it says on it, Person of the Year, Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan, Taliban Joe, President Joe Biden. People will see this and they'll say, oh, wow, 
you know, I respect him. He likes Joe Biden. And then they'll look at it and they'll get very sad. And that will make you happy in return. StuDoesMerch.com. Code is Stu10 for all your Taliban Joe merch gear. I have to talk to you about something that's a little uncomfortable, so I hope you'll bear with me here. Um, John Fetterman, the candidate for Senate in Pennsylvania. Look, I to be completely transparent here, I really want John Fetterman to lose. I think he's basically a socialist and would be terrible. I, and honestly, I have basically no faith in Dr. Oz as a senator, as I've told you many times, I do not, I'm not excited about his candidacy, didn't think he was the right choice for Pennsylvania. But you know, at this point, the seat is important. I want it to be Republican because I want to block Joe Biden's court picks. So straight out transparent, I do not have a lot of uh, political love for John Fetterman. But like, he's a human being and I want him to be okay. That, I'm not getting my wish right now. Uh, John Fetterman, there's some, I mean, he had a massive stroke. He hid in his closet for I don't know how long before they let him, let him be seen by any voters. He's following kind of the Joe Biden 2020 playbook, which so far is working. He's beating Dr. Oz by like 11 points. But he finally came out and decided to, uh, to talk to people. And man, I mean, watch this video. This is disturbing. And you can count on us eliminate the filibuster if you come out and step with us hmm? we will be able to stand with you in dc i gave away the lieutenant governor governor in pennsylvania the only lieutenant governor in the history to do that and let's what? let's get some stuff done for america I mean, this- who would ever think that i would be the normal, the normal one in the race here, yeah. I mean, there, there's something obviously wrong uh, there, and um, I, I don't know. It's not, it's not a pleasant thing to talk about, but it is worth talking about because uh, you know. I mean, maybe this is this is what he's going to do. Honestly, the best stra- as a guy who does talks a lot of political strategy, just put him, just put him, in, put him, hide him, hide him. No speeches, no debates, nothing. Keep them away from everybody. Hope Dr. Oz keeps making broccoli videos and you win. That's all you can do. Um, Let me also give you this. Uh, CBS News is pointing out the very obvious. The one thing the Inflation Reduction Act may not do, lower inflation. They were, I mean, this has been kind of constant from economists since this thing came out. Uh, KJP, Karine Jean-Pierre, was asked about this by John Carl this weekend. It's called the Inflation Reduction Act. But the Congressional Budget Act uh, Office, which is nonpartisan, said that there would be a negligible impact on inflation this year and barely impact inflation at all uh, next year. I mean, isn't it almost Orwellian? How can you call it Inflation Reduction no. Act when the nonpartisan experts say it's not going to? So I appreciate that. I appreciate the question. We've actually addressed I, this. The, the CBO. It was the top yes. line number. There's more in there that shows uh, that it will have the money uh, from. Remember how we're doing this too. It's Good it's God. making sure that billionaires uh, in corporate America are paying are paying their fair share, what? making sure that it's that the tax code is a little bit more fair. And so when you do that, okay, when you stop. put I, it I, in. I, I, I mean, we could honestly just it, we could just put that into a veep thoughts 
And honestly, we need a, a new vehicle for Corinne Jean-Pierre. Um, but I will say, uh, you know, the one thing that they said would hold billionaires accountable was the carried interest provision uh, in there to lower or to raise the rates on carried interest for like, you know, billionaire hedge fund managers. And that got taken out before they passed it. So, I mean, lie after lie after lie. What do you expect? Back in a second. Follow the show, rate and review the podcast. We'd really appreciate that. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. And you can watch the show on YouTube. If you're doing that right now, click the like button and drop a comment below. The algorithm robots will love you. Dragon Lady writes in, one, I love the way you can tell how insane a topic is by how hard and fast Stu taps the note cards on his desk. Sorry about that. Two, uh, now I'm intrigued by the Tuttle Twins books. Might have to get them for my niece and nephew. Yeah, they're great. I, I love them. And uh, you can check those out. We had them on as a, uh, the author of those books on as a guest on Friday and Reese's Pieces Forever. I freaking love Reese's Pieces. They're amazing. I love this stupid show. Catherine writes, excellent guest. We are big fans of the Tuttle Twin books and all the complimentary resources. Thank you so much. And this one is not a comment uh, from our show, but I wanted to bring it to you. It's, it's, it's sad. It's time to say goodbye to one of, our, one of our best. Friends, I've decided that after 20 years, I'm leaving CNN after my vacation, writes Jeffrey Tubin. It was great to spend my last day on air with pals Wolf Anderson and Don Luckily, it wasn't on Zoom. Love all my former colleagues. Watch for my next book about the Oklahoma City bombing coming 2023 from Sabin and Schuster. Well, I know I can't wait. We'll see you tomorrow.